Welcome back to the Word Podcast. Let's go. I am Seth Williams. I'm here with Brendan Ward. We are doing our quick segment called The Market Minute. We're going to cover everything you need to know about the Boston real estate market in 30 minutes or less. Everything to do with inflation, interest rates, inventory positions, and local market data. Brendan and Seth will cover it all. Covering it all. At least we're going to try. In 30 minutes, I mean, that's aggressive. 30 minutes or less last week or less 30, 35 minutes so maybe we yeah. can just be we're gonna have to just be better be better this week you know um, we're gonna keep trying you, man? not much it's been uh it's been a quiet monday morning so far lots of texts this morning with uh, i'm submitting a lot of offers are you gonna yeah. be available so yeah. we'll see we'll see how uh tomorrow turns out yeah well i can tell you i submitted four Oh, for one heard back already. Other deadlines are later on today. So crazy, crazy town continues to be crazy. Yeah. It's interesting. There's some, there's some areas that historically don't have these multiples that uh, like Winthrop, for instance, like there's a, there's a house in town again, only single family, maybe on the market, but seven or 14 offers, I think on it. Wow. And we that usually is- don't we usually don't see the same activity that the immediate burbs do. So I don't know, crazy. Huh? Here we are. Here we are in a here crazy we- market. So, here we are, and interest rates are staying relatively steady. Yeah, they've been pretty steady in that mid six six point six range for for a little while here, which is which I suppose is decent. I think stability really adds to the buyer flow, right? So. If you just know that you can shop with confidence because your rate's not going to go from six to eight overnight, I think that's okay. But we get we got a big week. We got a big week this week in the news. Tell, yeah, tell us why it's big. Well, I think the Fed uh, meeting is coming up, right? It um, is. Let's see. So that's the second and the third. So next next two days will be f- uh, filled with Fed meeting drama. I think the good news is rates are already where they should be. Because if you remember a couple of weeks ago, they slid to like six and a quarter. Mm-hmm. The, um, there's like a 90 plus percent chance right now that the Fed will raise 25 base points again. And there's also a lot of press that maybe just maybe this will be the last raise for a while. So the reality is rates, again, usually are already ahead of that when people we've said this a billion times. But when the Fed raises rates, it does not raise mortgage rates. It does affect short term interest rates, your car loans, your HELOC payments, whatever it is, your credit card payments, but not the um, not the mortgage rates. So mortgage rates trade off bonds, and those bonds have already adjusted proactively. So as long as it's a 25 BIP raise, we should see the same type of stability. Now, if 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 your boy Jerome has a lot of negative things to say, it's possible that we might have some more volatility because they hang a lot in the comments, right? So if, mm-hmm. if I'm Jen just got, trying to piece together how he's boy. my boy. Yeah, how is my boy? It's not my boy. I can tell you that. J Dog, uh, J Dog's just really effing with all of us. So if uh, you know, if, I don't want if, him. If Jay, <laughs> like, why you gotta? Why you gotta have him be my boy? Yeah, listen, he's gotta be somebody's boy, right? So not, if Jay, not if mine. Jay, if Jay Peasy uh, comes out and uh, says some bad shit tomorrow. Uh, and uh, and the day after, then it's it's possible rates and the bond market people, whoever they are, I presume it's like Anthony and Jason Deeb, they get together and they say let's f with mortgage rates a little bit. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, that's not real. I just made that up. Yeah, clearly, directionally um, correct. So directionally correct. Yeah, I think the um, the market 
is already baked in the interest rate hike. 100%. Um, but what what'll be interesting, especially, will be the talk on inflation and how the Fed sees that because it has been slowing. Um, the other big thing is is the liquidity of the banks and the Person general public. safety of our banking system. Yeah. J.P. Morgan Chase for all you people out there. Rest in peace, First Republic. Rest in peace to the Eagle Hill program for us Eastie peeps. Bad news out there, man. That was a great product. We put tons of clients in it. Hopefully, they uh, didn't deposit more than $250,000 when the bank asked you to. Uh, move your money there. Oh, they interesting. Um, and what are your thoughts? Do you think J.P. Morgan Chase will keep the Eagle Hill program alive? Uh, probably unlikely, I'd say. Yeah, I would um, say. I would say it's unlikely for a national. Well, I guess First National Bank was rather national, and they still had a local program. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I doubt it. I mean, I doubt it. Like, why would you? I don't in, think they would. <laughs> why would? Yeah, why would you continue to? You have a bank that screwed up, you know, became maybe too risky. Maybe the run affected it, whatever it is. I'm sure they had their own trials and tribulations why would you continue to you know support a product that although sure was great for the neighborhood and great for the Eastie residents to get a better rate why would you continue to offer something substantially below what you could offer if you're in a this profitability crunch or whatever but, it is you know i don't know well i think from what i've read that that giving below market rate mortgages was kind of their thing right so part of yeah. their problem was all this long-term debt with lower mortgage rates to draw up deposits becomes less prof profitable over time, right? Like like the regular uh, bond stuff that SV SVB had, right? So like it was all very clear and very understandable very quickly what the problem at SVB was. I still right. don't have like a real uh, yeah. firm understanding of what the hell went wrong at First Republic because it was always perceived like the super lux bank, like very high end um yeah. very uh exclusive and to to just see it demise in such a rapid fashion and yeah. for like no clear reason is still you know it's just interesting it can't be all just fear of pulling deposits you know i think it's got to have a lot to do with it i really do um and just yeah. lack of liquidity from people pulling their deposits yeah, I mean, listen, when any bank infuses $30 billion into first, I think that's what it was, into First Republic, yeah. an effort to stabilize its balance sheet, and you see all this other stuff, bank failure happening. I mean, dude, like, let's just be real. If your business was still banking at First Republic, are you moving the money? And can you do it with this in, like, 30 seconds as opposed to waiting in like, line? <laughs> like, I don't, I didn't bank with them, but if if my business bank account was there make no mistake i would have moved it yeah and well i, I know a lot of people conveyed with them so it'll be interesting to see like a lot of local lawyers yeah, used first republic because their wire room was in san francisco so you could get wires out past out late. seven o'clock up to seven o'clock they didn't charge a wire fee so there was never another, a wire another fee. stupid stupid yeah. business plan yeah, so like most of the banks that we work, like they they all charge wire fees. Yeah, because it costs money. It ain't free. Yeah, yeah. It ain't a service. I mean, it is a service, but like, 
listen, if all the big dogs are charging you 15 to 30 bucks a whack for the same day true wire, not an ACH, get with the program. Charge, charge 10. How many wires they did Did they do? I, a I lot. Would, I would a imagine lot. You're, you're not the only business owner that might have done business with them because of a lack of fees. So you have a, I don't know. I Listen, I don't know enough about it, but what I can tell you is just as a small business owner, or a dude with some cash in the bank after selling a property, there is no doubt I would have moved those funds. From and your phone or would you have gone to the branch? I absolutely would have done it from the phone. Yeah. Or my desktop. Yeah. Which I still have one. Not just a strictly laptop guy. I oh. Like I like a desktop. I have a desk. Well, I have a laptop, but it sits in like a docking station. See, I'm currently on my laptop, and I am an Apple guy, so I go through the the cloud. If you yeah. do you know what the cloud is, I do. I use okay. the cloud, so, except so, that I use the Microsoft cloud instead of the Apple okay. cloud. Well, this you know whatever we can debate micro versus Apple at another time. Yeah, I, I like the Apple ecosystem all around. So I have my my MacBook Air, which is souped up with a lot of extra RAM. So yeah, it doesn't get bogged down. Doesn't stop me from crashing during the podcast from time to time, apparently. But, and then I I virtually mirror a Mac Mini. Yeah, sits on my desk with monitors also yeah. shipped up, and and I have another Mac Mini at home. So it's cool because it's basically the same computer across three computers. So if I save something on my desktop, it saves at home. It's pretty great. I'm sure yours does the same. I don't know how it works with Microsoft, so I just talk shit about it. Yeah, and and I just have a well, I have the same setup at my house as I have here. Yeah, same. I just bring my laptop back and forth. Yeah, got it. So, um, any anywho, market minute. Right, everybody um, cares about this. Yeah, if you listen, if you need a tech consult, we got you covered here at the Word Podcast, right? So, if you're looking the app at versus Apple versus Microsoft, the G Suite versus the the 360 shit, we can 365. Do, we can do, we, yeah, thank you. We we yeah. literally can do it all. We can do we it can. all. So, uh, but yeah, I would have moved the cash. You would have moved the cash. Everyone totally moved the cash. Yeah. And uh, where would you put it? Bank of America. Great online platform. Easy to wire with. Don't have to go to a branch or another big four bank. I use Bank of We. I use Bank of America. But do I? Yeah. Because you know what? They ain't going under. I mean, hopefully. We have accounts at a lot of banks, but like my main operating account is at. Yeah, that's what that's what we do. So listen, you're not you're not going to make a run on us. We got we we're covered, right? So, but yeah, listen, I don't think I don't think these these uh, different loan programs that did exist are going to continue to exist because in the environment that we're living in, I think these long term inflation run ups just hurt the balance sheet and. Yeah, listen, I'll, it'll it'll be interesting to see what what happens. For and sure. to read the postmortems. But I don't think any of this is having an effect on current transactions, right? Like there there still isn't enough inventory. So last week we oh. looked at um the Essex and and Middlesex single families. Yeah. I think there were like 964 available. Uh yep. I think we determined that about 200 of them were less than 700,000. We did. And yeah. And you I, paid, I, you paid attention. I love this. I, I always pay attention I love um, and, and can retain useless information most of the time. Hey, listen, but, but I think this is pretty useful. Um, so I'd be interested to see how that number or those numbers have changed over yeah. the last week. Yeah. And I'd love to hear about like how you, 
Were you out shopping this weekend with clients? We were. We certainly okay. were. Yep. Um, well, so, uh, yeah, so shopping with clients, uh, dude, it's bonkers. It's wor- It's compounding now. And I think the crazy, the crazy is coming too, right? Because every week you still have a lot of buyers, a lot of pent-up demand. I don't know if I talked about this last week, but I saw people from the Lynn transaction we did months ago that had a bunch of offers. That was the first real activity I've seen in an open house kind of to start the season early on in in February. Um, and I saw I saw the same buyers, like literally in homes months later. And I was like, I, I think I recognize you. They're like, oh, yeah. Did we talk about this last week? Like, no. They're like, they're like, they're like, oh yeah, you had the listing in Lynn on that. Hey, we loved that house. And I'm like, you guys didn't find. They're still shopping. It's May, man. It's May one. So they're so think about that. They went over asking. They wrote a clean offer, and they're still getting kicked in the teeth. That's either bad representation from a buyer agent, um, who by the way they were alone at all of these. So I didn't see them with the, with an agent. So for the clients out there that are shopping, the listeners out there that are shopping. Get your agent involved, right? Like they need to know where you're going and they need to establish a rapport with the listing agent. They need to visit and follow up with the property. Like don't be the stay at home realtor in your PJs trying to rifle off offers on homes you haven't seen and give your clients real guidance. It's really, really tough, right? So I know that I, even if, even if I can't go physically with my client, I'll book a private showing on either end of my very busy schedule. Um, I'll go tour it alone. Hey, listen, and I'll, I'll make some notes and I'll just have context, right? So I think that's mistake number one. But yeah, man, it's compounding is my point here. Like these buyers lose week one, week two, week three, week four. Eventually they find the house they like and they just go all in, man. They wave it all. They do their best. And and I even, I've seen that with my own clients now. We, we finally got something under contract last week. But, you know, the the strong shoppers out there, it's like, it's crazier, it's crazier, it's crazier. And so... I actually heard of a real good strategy that, oh, unfortunately, probably we don't have enough local agents listening to this tidbit. I, I got to give credit to Karshis and Co. over at K-Dub. Uh, Kristen's become a great friend. We obviously did the, the Court Road transactions together. And uh, right, so we've been trying to use escalation clauses more um, in effort to just like balance writing an offer, not overpaying. Does the house get the action this week? So, little, little and we sp- talked a little bit about that last week, right? Yep. And and the deadlines, like how does that affect everything? So, writing an here it is. Here's the tidbit: writing an All offer right. with an escalation clause with no cap, hashtag no cap, right for the kids out there. Well, I mean, listen, doesn't that sound kind of scary? But here's the deal: you know what happens? Everybody else's caps. Well, they all get caps. So you know what happens? They give you a call. Yeah. Right? And you get what we call a right of refusal. Hey, Brendan, it's Seth calling about 123 Banana Street. I saw your offer here, and I saw that you have no cap on your escalation. Currently, you'd be escalating to 910000 Are your clients still interested at 910000 Yes. Give me 20 minutes. Let me talk to my client. And so you're getting this right of refusal and... And here's the deal. Listen, maybe the client's not okay. You say, hey, listen, they're, you know, actually, they're going to bail. And that's okay. I mean, I, I don't want to pull this trick out of my hat 30 times in a row because now you're the boy who cl- cried wolf, maybe. But, yeah. 
great strategy to get a call back versus, hey, unfortunately, Brendan, we got to let you know you, your offer wasn't accepted. You got smoked. Um, and, you know, we're not even getting the feedback, right? So I thought that was a cool strategy. We're going to try that a little bit here this weekend and see if we can't materialize some right of refusals um, on the deal, right? And I think. And do you write no cap on it? Like, so, so how does that offer look on paper? You write uh, price. Yeah. You reference an escalation. I've started using the escalation addenda. Addenda. Ooh. Is it addenda? I believe if it's just one, addenda. it's addenda and then maybe addendum. All right. So but I, used the, I, I couldn't be the sure. Addendum, but I was trying to be fancy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You write the addendum, you write the terms out of what that looks like, um, and you submit it over. And obviously, the, the listing agent has to submit to you a bona fide offer within a certain period of time that makes your escalation come to fruition. So, yeah, I mean, we all kind of do this loosey-goosey. Hey, send it over. I'll take a look at it. I'll redraft a clean offer and, and submit it back. But it gives you this review time frame where you truly have a right of refusal. And if your client's not going to go, they have a next best offer right behind you. So there's usually not a lot of skin off your back. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a cool strategy because price is definitely the most important, I think, of what's going on right now. And and everyone seems to have been just writing the same contingencies again, which is not. Right. So price being the main issue at the moment, right? So people are losing on price. So people are getting aggressive on price. Yeah. We have a lagging indicator known as the appraisal, right? So are we back in appraisal problems because yes. the appraisals aren't keeping up with what the market's doing? Yeah, 100%. Just like when the market turned the summer last year, everything over appraised. Mm -hmm. and, and now all those booked sales being in the last nine months of appraisal, because that's what appraisers typically use, nine months of data. Ideally, the closest as possible. And because the market, if you, I mean, dude, December was crickets, right? Oh, wow. You hear that? Is that a shooting? I, I almost <laughs> just got crushed by a Mack truck. It felt oh, like in the, in, the yeah. pod, in the pod studio. Very loud back here today. So, um, yeah, man. So the appraisals, obviously trailing now through uh, the fall when we had the, the largest run up in interest rates, September and October, up to seven and a half percent. If there's a book sale in October, it's, it's part of the appraisal now. And I mean, geez, you and I just had two, three deals that didn't appraise last week alone. Right. Um, and those mm -hmm. deals, those deals, what, what happened to them? Cock that gun, shoot it behind the woodshed. They are dead. Now, interestingly enough, if, if, and when we return to market here, they're going to sell for more money. Isn't that something? Because the appraisals for will will have caught up by then. Appraisals will caught up, and I think that the buyer is more desperate from yeah. compounding and losing on the yeah. offers. Yeah, the, the continued lack of inventory. Yeah, and, versus the buyer activity now. I I wouldn't be shocked if you see things come together with waived stuff, and that deal still happens, and obviously the client has the liquidity to make it up. So, it's really kind of something else, man. I mean. I wish there was a way to mitigate appraisal gaps with like proof of it. I had 14 people said that they would have paid X for this. Isn't that worth something? Yeah. Isn't that worth something, you know? So, well, I thought the market value was market value. Listen, price is uh, what someone's willing to pay for today. Period. Right. I, I, I don't disagree. Hey, another thing that, that came up last week that we talked a lot about, and I think you had a lot of opinions on. Really and I'd love, yeah, I'd love to hear about Here them. Go. Here we go. Is um, 
writing offers with specificity mm-hmm. in terms of like is specificity yeah, a word i believe so i mean i've always been told it was a word i've never confirmed it with miriam or webster uh but uh, i think it is a word yeah i think it is Can too you hear this? yeah Oh, I can't hear your computer. Is it doing uh, the the, the pronunciation? Specificity. The, the quality or belonging or relating uniquely to a particular subject. All right. Someone told me that wasn't a word, so I just wanted to just clarify because you know I'm the word I'm the word police. Martin would be proud. You're the, the entomologist of the crowd. Oh my god, dude, what just happened? You just broke another one? Oh god. Dude, I'm not having a good day. I just had to we're good. I fixed it. All right. Woo! I fixed it. We're good. So uh specificity yeah listen good question you like that addendum i sent you earlier right i i told you i loved it when i when i when i'm on you know when i'm the buyer believe it or not i'm coachable yeah you are so no listen i think that's what i love about our relationship we get we get into these uh spirited debates where i'm sure you think i'm just angry um (laughs) And I've come to learn about, that it's not anger. It's just no, it's how just you like, how you yeah. like interact. Verbalize. Yeah, it's yeah. It, you know, it's funny. I was on the phone with another agent this morning. He's like, "Are you are you on a downer?" And I'm like, "What does that mean?" He's like, "You just sound really chill today." And I was like, "Does that mean I'm usually high, strung, and stressed out?" He's like, "Yes, <laughs> yes." So, thanks, Guy, for that one. Um, yeah, he told me I sh- I should I should be like this more often. So, um, so yeah, I mean. Listen, I think that I don't know if this if I should publicize this or not, but in two years ago, I feel like you could be creative in an offer and get away with some stuff and an attorney might not catch it. And like, dude, everyone's just like with it right now. And I don't know if that's because like business is so much harder. And so everyone's like honing their skill or what it, or being more thorough to earn the referral next time. I don't know what it is. Or it's like, slower. There, there aren't as many transactions, there. so there's more time to look at everything. Okay, yeah, that's an obvious <laughs> point. Okay, so, um, well, it's busy. It's a lot of activity, not a lot of accomplishments, so to speak, right? So, um, but yeah, I used to be able to write in like very loose terms, you know, that directionally meant what I want, and then we could get really clear and like nail somebody in the PNS, right? And now, like, it's just like blowing up in our faces, like all the time. So. I think, yeah, um, like we had, can, is it okay if I share specifics of this or no? You share them vaguely. Okay, so we we have a transaction going on, and um, there, there was what I thought to be a very clear line in the PNS that says, hey, we can extend without penalty. And, you know, it's a pretty good line. Hey, listen, we're trying to do X. It's a very specific type of real estate transaction that might take uh, longer than normal, right? So... Uh, we said, listen, we don't want to bail. Let us extend without penalty until this contingency is cleared. Okay. And it's a, it's a zoning contingency, right? So um, something that we, we don't really have control over. We can submit the paperwork. We can go through this. But ideally, we get to a certain place where it's just approved. And um, here we are talking about a penalty that, w- that was uh, inserted, right? And like, I'm like, dude, what? What do you mean? What's going on? Like, so I think um, the reality is, because of everything that's happened in the last couple of years between COVID, crazy market, appraisals, all this, all this drama that we keep talking about. And probably because people need to be sharper and the market's different. Um, we need to get super specific on what we mean. 
in an addendum to the contract, right? So a great example. If we're gonna if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it yeah. in a right. very detailed way as opposed to like half assing yeah. it and being like kind of specific. Yeah. I think yes. Yeah. And a, a great example of this that it seems to always come up and it's coming up again is using occupancy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we know that there's a lot of rules around that. 60 day occupancy is the maximum that you can delay. Um, and so most people are confining, you know, keeping things within those terms, but the, um, the specifics of the lease back, you know, we used to just write subject to satisfactory, you know, use and occupancy agreement prior to, or simultaneously with PNS. Well, satisfactory, it turns into a disaster and somehow always we rush the PNS. We never really do the use and occupancy, but it's implied that we're going to take care of it during this during this, but everyone wants to get the PNS signed and get the check of the bank and all this stuff, right? And uh, so it always ends up, we're arguing about it at some point in the transaction. I'm not saying you and me, I'm just saying in general, us or anybody with anybody other party, right? Every, every single one of them turns into some sort of nightmare yeah. scenario. Yeah, so like, here's the deal, I, as I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted with the specifics I even sent you today for your approval, right? Because yeah. The reality of it is, as a listing agent, some of those not super advantageous to my seller, right? And so I appreciate- But taken in the totality of the circumstances of their offer, right? So now sure. it's a piece of another negotiation, as opposed to we've agreed to all this, and now we're going to have a separate negotiation on just this one piece. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm simply saying, like, there's going to be somebody else in a competitive market that does not get- this level of specificity together yeah. in their offer. And I think as a listing agent, I would prey on that as an opportunity to, hey, seller, we can probably get whatever we want at this next step. This can get you a better use in occupancy. Let's take the, if, if you have two identical offers, one has great specifics around the UNO and one was intentionally vague, mutually agreeable, free lease back. I probably, if I can't get, you know, somebody to differentiate, I'm, I think I'm going to take the one with less language and try and jam it down their throat during the PNS process from a seller. Okay. As Seth, as Seth Williams, as a, as, as Seth Williams. Yeah. That's yeah. what I would, that's what I would hope that we could try and get done for our, for my client. Right. As opposed to the average agent who might look at it and say like, Oh, this is really good. It's all spelled out already. Like we don't, have to do anything like it's all already done i so i just put put yourself in the shoes of presenting offers yeah that's, this is like where i'm at right so yeah I have, I have offer a that's 700 grand offer b that's 700 grand let's say everything is exactly identical and i have someone who said i'll offer you a free lease back for 60 days subject to satisfactory you and know. and then i have someone else who itemized all of these terms seller to pay existing you know um Utility bills, seller to still pay water bill, seller to put $2,500 of security deposit, seller to have a $200 per diem if they don't fake it on time. Like, this sounds like I'm being, I don't know, what's, what's it, like just too aggressive. And I'd say, I don't want to, I don't want all those terms, even though they may come up on the other deal anyway. Flip, I, flip, the, flip that for a second, though. So now imagine you take that off the market for a week. The deal falls apart because you can't get to terms on your you. It's never going to happen. Has it ever happened? Uh, no, but. <laughs> you know why? Because at the end of the day, the buyer's like, oh, okay, I'll just do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, they don't care because they want the house. 
And so they just give it all away and submit to the terms that the sellers, I think that's my worry, right? When you get too specific, maybe this is less advantageous to the seller. And I, you know, the, the listing agent, maybe they're not going about it the same men, mental way as me, but that would be my worry. And so I like, I like the opportunity to be vague at times. Get to the deal. So what would you do as a seller's agent? Say, strike all the UNO language and let the lawyers figure it out and we'll take your offer? I, I would probably go back and be like, uh, $50 per DM, uh, $1,000 security deposit. I would make it less, maybe. Or or I would go back and say, uh, I have somebody else that doesn't have any of these terms. So I don't know. I guess in this in this dumb example, there's somebody, yeah. there's somebody like I would ask them to clarify their terms maybe. Or I would just say, hey, listen, there's no terms, no penalty. We're drafting the UNO and you have to agree. I, I, I'm sure I would just let the attorneys figure it out, to be honest with you. I don't know if I would come over the top. Interesting. So I don't know. Do you think, you, you could, do you you think you'll that. submit that language? Yes. Okay. I'm going to try. I'm going to try it. Hashtag, yeah. hashtag no cap, though. We'll see what happens. So I'll, I, I, think... should, I should get the right of refusal just based off that alone. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Again, thanks, Kristen, for the trick. Hopefully, I can't wait till next week. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully it works. We can talk about it a little bit, and then because our following's so big here on the word, I mean, we can't beat them down. Imagine, the imagine if everybody just starts doing no cap. Dangerous game. We'll learn. We'll learn when uh, when uh, the listeners spike and where we can. Uh, I know. I was I was on the phone with Kristen earlier. I was like. I was like, you writing in Reading today? And she's like, I think so. I go, what's the address? Because I'm not doing this with you. Because <laughs> we're gonna end it with double end and no cap. And she's like, no, we're actually not. So I think we're I think we're okay. So we'll see, man. We'll see what happens. Um all right, so we're already at 30 minutes here. Uh, yeah. just quick inventory update. I just pulled Massachusetts MLS single family, um, uh, which is all we'll get into today. We finally saw a big uptick in inventory, up 5% year over year. So we saw a big jump of listings, probably the biggest uh, of the year this past week. Um, and I think if you, know, if you just see what's out there, I think maybe we'll see the dam break with some offers this time around because there's just more inventory, right? So uh, the, maybe uh, average house gets um, less offers per home this week. Uh, maybe people are putting in multiple offers on multiple properties and you know maybe it goes the other way. So good to see some inventory drop on the market. It's still nothing, still not enough inventory. I just pulled Essex County real quick. There's only 300 homes still, right? So it's actually, it's actually substantially worse week over week. Again, it's Monday, May 1st. So we know that stuff falls off the market. There's this like weird overlap between offer deadline and new listings. Again, we yep. always talk about so. I I think that Wednesday or Thursday we'll see that uh, change out a little bit. So, but either way, this should be another big listing week, um, and and hopefully rates stay stable. And uh, and then listen, next week we have inflation data again. Hopeful that housing starts to really wean out of that number, and if inflation data is good and housing is good, we should really see uh, rates start to hopefully go down ish that would be excellent we'll see what else anything else you want to hit on today no i think that 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 is pretty good i gotta tell you i'm really excited you get up 
badass microphone over there. Finally. Yeah, it only took us six months. Listen, but whatever. yeah, and some headphones, and I finally figured out how to plug them in right. So yeah. you know, we're we're almost there. Listen, I mean, listen, there's me, always we're always learning here. We're learning. We're coachable on the word podcast, and yeah, you know, and I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the JFK boys. That was a good episode, man. So if you, for the listeners out there, if you are not subscribed to the word podcast, we do the market minute on Mondays. We drop that turnaround with limited, no editing, drop that around live just for you guys to have the latest updated market information here on the greater Boston, South shore, North shore markets. So May 1st, this podcast drops right on May 1st and should have all the good info about the market. And then we, and then we do the Word podcast, which is where we're interviewing local entrepreneurs, other agents, other people in the business. We had Mark on last week. He was great. And, and you know, it's the strangest thing in the world. So we were all talking about family office, right? Yeah. And I literally just had a client. He's like, hey, I just took a big job running a family office. And I was like, and you were able to be like, I know all about those. I was like, dude, that's amazing. Like to be able to be working with such high net worth individuals. It was very just always learning something here on the word, right? So listen, like, comment, subscribe, share, invite a friend. Uh, Now you have a hookup in a family office too. Did you ask them how to make sure that you're the realtor of choice for that family office? Well, 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 this is, this is a double edged short. So number one, he called me because we were looking to buy in the area. And unfortunately, he is moving out of state. Uh, okay. Good news is we're going to be listing his home here in Winthrop coming up. So uh, stay tuned for another great listing by the reference group or reference real estate. So more inventory. Keep crushing coming, it. Coming, coming in. So listen, uh, like I said, subscribe, share with a friend and uh, uh, yeah, listen to the JFK podcast. If you haven't, man, it was, it was, uh, it was killer. It was quite, quite the laugh. There's a lot of good rapport there. So anything else? I think that sums it up. I got to I got to reach over and hit this button here. Yeah. Go ahead. Call it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Word Podcast Market Minute. Everything you need to know about the real estate market in the greater Boston area in 30 minutes or less. Do us a favor if you like today's content, give us the like, comment, subscribe, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend.